Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NCC Audio. I'm your host, Nick Chamberlain, and today I have a very special guest on the show today. His name is Steve DeMont. He is an audio engineer based out of Connecticut. He's also a producer, a songwriter, a composer, and a multi-instrumentalist. And he has a lot of crazy services. He has studio recording, location recording, podcast production, voiceover production, mixing, mastering, audio restoration, audio post-production, and sound design. Wow, Steve, you got a lot going on in your life right now. How's it going out there? Uh, you know, uh, the uh, the lockdown has made me yeah. busier. If if that, yeah, could really, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Well, post production stuff. Um, everybody's finally getting to all these projects they had sitting around. They were too busy doing other things for. That's that's my my uh, theory at least. But it's been busy that and uh, just dealing with, um, particularly for live stream. I'm doing a lot of mixing. Uh, you know, uh, recording and then mixing for uh, pre-recorded sections of live stream stuff that uh, has kept me really busy. So it's it's been a crazy time, but I, you know, I, I'm really really fortunate that you know it hasn't gone the way that I, I see a lot of other of my colleagues sitting there scrounging for work and wondering, you know, how am I going to pay rent this month? And so I, yeah. I'm really fortunate in that respect right now. And it looks like it's a good thing to be able to be kind of as an audio engineer to have all of these specialized skills because, you know, you might not be able to do so much studio recording right now, but then you were like, well, I can do your audio post-production to your video. I can add some sound design to your video. And it's good to keep, um, you know, uh, just keep everything open on all your uh, skills and talents. And I'm looking here, some of your latest work right now, you've been working with the Sennheiser Pro Talk video series. And yes. you've engineered the vocal and choral session soundtrack for the Halo Spar Spartan Assault and Tom Clancy's Hawks 2, um, yeah. the, do, engineering the vocal and choral sessions. Yeah. Can you, wow, those are pretty cool um, projects. Can you just talk about those for a little bit? So uh, let's, we'll start with the, with the games yeah. and move to the more recent Sennheiser stuff. So the games, uh, you know, stumbled into those. To be honest, yeah. it's how do you get into video gaming? You know, and audio. It, it really was. So, so the guy that wrote the scores for those two video games, a, a guy named Tom Salta, he lives mm -hmm. a, a town over or, or so, and he was using a friend of mine to do the orchestrations. Mm. And when it came time for them to uh, record, um, you know the the uh, the. The or the orchestral parts of it were all uh, virtual instruments. Okay, but they yes. but they wanted to add a real real choir, a real uh, real singers to 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 bring those soundtracks to life. So we uh, the the uh, the conductor and the orchestrator, uh, who was a friend of mine, um, basically called a bunch of uh, the. New York singers from, from, you know, various like the Met and Lincoln Center and all that. Got a whole bunch of those guys to come in. We recorded in a little, oh, not a little church, but a, in a, in a, we recorded those at a church in Darien, Connecticut. And uh, in this big sanctuary, we set up um, three uh, Neumann M50s going into, uh, the, into a, 
interface and into hard drive. And we spent uh, three days just going through all the cues, just boom, boom, boom. And it was it was really just a string of knowing someone who knew someone that was doing it and getting the call. It's you know, and that's the story for most people is is just you st- you know the right person who needs something done. And it turns out to be a big project. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like you know, an audio engineering starting off, you need to work on your networking. Just get out there, keep working. And it seems like these lucky moments happen. But the more and more I talk to people, it's because they're putting in all the work, they're showing up, and then a project just becomes available and you're there to fulfill that role. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, what happens is when you've worked with somebody on a bunch of little projects, Mm. when they get presented with a big project... They're going to call the person that's helped them through the little projects and has been there and has not failed them mm-hmm. every time because the big project's too big of a deal to rely on somebody new that you haven't tested. And th- that's why it's really important to just pay your dues. Go in, you know, network with everybody, but get involved in all the small projects because the small projects are one day going to lead to a big project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will. That's super cool. And so um, so the Tom Clancy's Hawks and the Halo, that was the same um, those were the, partner was, that you worked with? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Those were both, uh, the soundtracks were both by um, Tom Salta. He wrote all the music for those and we recorded those in, in this church in Darien. We didn't even rent studio time. We didn't, we didn't want to spend, <laughs> we didn't yeah. want to pay for, you know, going down to, at the time it would have been Avatar. Uh, yeah, but then of course a church is going to be great. I'm, I'm assuming it was kind of big and open and spacious to have some of that natural reverb. Yes, yeah, yeah. We had wow. to, we had we had to position mics carefully to make sure it wasn't too much. But when you have and the other thing about that is they all sound like very huge choirs. We actually had um, twelve people, and what we okay, what wow. we did is we had we had three people on each voice part, so three basses, three tenors, three altos, three sopranos. And we would record the cue once, and then we'd go back and have them record the cue again and again. So we, we'd stack all those voices to, to go from what was a 12-person choir to make it sound like 36, you know, 48 people. Yeah, we kind of used the—I used the same technique one time. I was recording uh, this band for this project I was recording, and we had just two brass— instrumentalists and then we had um like six different seats set up and i would have them all sit in one seat and then do a take sit in another seat do a take sit in another seat and i repeated that over and over so it kind of sounded like there was a big brass like um right ensemble when it was just one person and but you got it right the trick is to move them so they're so just like from a, a sound source to microphone standpoint there's change and it, yeah. it just alters the tone just enough. And we did that with the choir. Take a step forward, two steps back, everybody a little bit further apart. And it, it it's very realistic when you get done with it. Wow. Yeah, that's a very helpful tip. And now um, talk to me a little bit about this Sennheiser Pro Talk video series you're working on. Again, um, just through people I know. Um, I was doing a lot of um, audio posts for a friend of mine who was doing a lot of video work. He's a video, uh, he hates the term videographer. He likes cinematographer. Sorry. Oh. 
I got, I, I called him that once I got schooled. So, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, so he, he's in, he's actually, uh, an up and coming, uh, cinematographer right now. And he's doing a lot of really cool work, but at the time he was just doing little things, weddings, uh, little, um, passion projects for himself. You know, uh, we did a, uh, mountain biking short video, short movie and stuff like that. And he would, he'd call me and say, Hey, you know, can you save this audio for me? Can you do this? So I kind of got into the post-production and just learning with him and being like, yeah, let, let me take a listen. Let me see what I could do. And, you know, you start accumulating the tools you need and, and, uh, the skills and, I uh, was doing that for a long time and he came, he, he came up to me. We were, we were, uh, in the same place at one point talking over a, another project. He came up to me and said, a buddy of mine just got a job at Sennheiser doing all the marketing. I said, well, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I, I'm going to call him and try to pitch a, a video uh, project to him. I was like, okay. So he came back to me about a week later and he's like, yeah, well, they're doing this thing called Pro Talk. So we're going to try out uh, us doing one set of them or, or three, three, mm -hmm. they do, they go in three video sets. So you, uh, one artist, but you do three videos and you divide it up, you know, so you have three eight ish minute, uh, educational videos from, from the one, uh, the one visit to whomever it was. And he said, well, they're going to give me, they're going to give us one to try out and just see if it, cause they're happy ish with what they have, but they're not over the moon with it. So we did one, they loved it. And, uh, that was the end of season one. And, uh, they basically have, we've been doing since then. So we all season two and now into season three, though season three, we have, and I think I can reveal this. I don't, this isn't a huge, um, this isn't, this isn't a huge secret. We have one more that we have in the can right now. The third of this current set with, uh, uh, Michael Marquette, um, and uh, we, there's one more video, and then uh, we're 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 dry. We have we have nothing else. We haven't been able to travel to get anybody else. So um, there's going to be a hiatus. I think the rest of the year is the last time we talked with the the guys over at Sennheiser, and we're just going to have to pick it up when all this changes. It's a it's just a crazy environment right now. It is right now too. Yeah, and for I mean I kind I'm kind of going through that situation right now with. I have a, a good friend, Brandon Manderson. If you listen to the other podcasts, you'll un, you'll you'll know who he is. Um, but he does a bunch of video work, and so I'm helping him as an audio engineer to do all the post production audio work for him. And for audio engineers that are trying to figure out, well, where do I want to go? Do I want to go more in the studio recording bands? Do I want to go do some film work? Uh, the best thing to do is just start out with everyone else starting out around you. So if you just go help some college students with their films and be like, I will mix and edit your your film for you, or just go to a band who's just starting out and be like, hey, I will record you. And that's how we're starting off right now. You that, know, That's the and way. Then, yeah. The yeah. Way and when it. you start just working with these projects, as many as you can, and you just do work as hard as you can and you put your best product forward, eventually all these different connections, they're going to be getting older, they're going to be getting wiser and better, and they're going to be coming back to you. And so that's, you know, how you've managed to get those projects. So, 
Um, yeah, I hope we, we all, all have like great insight on our future because of that. Right. I mean, we all started there, right? I mean, you, you kind of, you know, you've got your buddy who's like, hey, you know, my band wants to record. You're like, yeah, I could do that for you. And, you know, it might not be the best recording in the world. You don't have the best gear yet, but you know what? You get it done. Everyone's happy. And you're like, hey, that was pretty cool. I want to do that again. And, or sometimes you do something like, you know, hey, you know, I, I shot this video. Can you fix the audio? And, you know, you maybe you go, okay, yeah, let me take, let me take a crack at that. And you do it and you say to yourself, I never want to do that again. You know, exactly. it's a great way to learn yeah. just uh, what's around you. What, what? What opportunities do you have like within arm's reach? Yeah. And that's a great segue to how did you even get into this audio engineering, this audio business yourself? Ah, well, we go back to when I was in high school and uh, decided uh, I wanted to kind of up my cool factor. And I was, I was, I had played trumpet in, in school band forever, ever. And then there, there I was 15 and I was like, I'm going to play guitar. <laughs> I'm going to do something a, a little cooler than trumpet. So I started playing and immediately as I started playing, I started writing. I, within learning three chords, I was like, well, I can write a song now. And I started writing, but when you write, you have to somehow capture that. So I, so I started recording. At first I started recording. Now, mind you, this was back in the days of cassette four tracks, but I didn't have a cassette four track. What I had was a boom box and my sister had a boom box and my neighbor, his older sister was dating a guy that worked at Radio Shack and he would bring stuff home and he had a little line mixer that I borrowed. And I had two boom boxes and a line mixer and an input from a guitar and a mic. And I was using a PA head, like one of those, you know, um, carpet covered uh rectangular things that has like you know eight eight mic inputs and then a master section and it has a power amp for the speakers you know the old old school uh pa system i was using that as a preamp into the line mixer and i would record onto one of the boom boxes then i would play that back while playing along with it and bounce it to the second boom box through the line mixer so i was basically just bouncing and making my own multi-tracks. And as you imagine, it got noisier and noisier. So yeah. later that year, my dad bought me a four-track for Christmas. And uh, I still remember. In fact, it didn't die until, I mean, we're, we're talking, this was a long time ago. It it didn't die till a few years ago, which is amazing to me. Uh, it was a Fostex X30. And uh, it was a great little four-track. And I remember I got it on Christmas and the rest of the Christmas break, my, my friend and I, we sat around and we would write songs just to record so we could figure out how this thing worked. And I, I was hooked. I loved recording. It was so much fun to create. So uh, it came time to decide, you know, what do you want to do for, for, for the rest of my life? You know, <laughs> like, well, you're going to be that 18. decision we're still all trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, you got to figure out what you want to do and go to college. And so, you know, I, I, I knew I wanted to do music. I went, I, I ended up going to Berkeley uh, in Boston, Berkeley College of Music. And um, I kind of rode the fence between, they didn't really have ma minors at Berkeley at the time, but what you could do is you could major in one thing and then take all the classes in something else as well. So I majored in songwriting and I took all the, the music production and engineering classes. Okay. And Berkeley had 
Um, that was your instrument was guitar going uh, into the going school? going in was was guitar was my my principal instrument and um, so I got to spend time and that put me in in a in a a, a doubly good place because the uh, part of the the pro, the process that they'd go through the uh, the MP and E majors had to find the songwriting majors and record their stuff. Oh wow! So I got to be in the studio doing that. And at the time, some of some of them uh, who ended up being uh, friends of mine, they realized I could also play bass re- pretty well, and I could read bass lines. So they would call me when they had a, a need for a bass player in the studios too. So I'd be doing a lot of bass in the studio, and then I'd you know be uh, taking all the MP and E classes where we were learning about all the geeky engineering stuff, like you know mm-hmm. how do you calculate axial room modes and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I liked it. I thought it was really fun. I mean, you're you're learning about how all this stuff works, and you know, how, you know, how does the op amp work, and what is it really doing? You know, so yeah, uh, I, I dove into <laughs> it, and it was awesome. And then, uh, you know, got out of college, and and you know, still trying to do the musician thing, and. Um, my girlfriend at the time was uh, finishing up school. She was a uh, she's a classically trained soprano, and she said to me, "Can you record my senior recital?" So I I, I went down uh, to record her senior recital. I brought my I had my this was an ADAT with, with a mixer and 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 some microphones. I had uh, two um, I think they were two uh, Audio Technica AT forty fifties which I still think are great mics. I love them for overheads on drums. And I recorded, I recorded her senior recital and uh, the music, all the professors from the music department were there and they all noticed, oh, wait a minute. Hey, that's Kathy's boyfriend. He's recording. So the, the, the director of the department <laughs> came, came up to me and said, Hey, uh, we have a faculty concert. This was a Friday night, mind you. We have a faculty concert Sunday afternoon. Can you come record that? And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I could do that. So wow. I, I spent years recording all of their, uh, this was Manhattanville College in, in Purchase, New York. I, I spent years recording all of their um, faculty concerts. And then uh, the voice department basically referred me to all of the voice students, said, this is the guy you're going to call and he's going to record your senior recital. And then you'll have a demo when you go out into the world and try to get a job. So I, it was- And each student going through there, wow, and every Sunday- yeah, was, it, it yeah. was it was it was great because again stumbled into it. It was just accidental, right right place at the right time, and I uh, did that for a long time. And then you know lo- all the local um, all the local uh, voice teachers kind of got my name, and they would call me for their student recitals and and when their students needed audition recordings, we'd do that, and and it just blossomed and. That was, you know, that was the nineties and uh, late nineteen nineties, and it kept growing and growing. And I was doing more and more stuff, doing albums for people. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that's pretty intense. And so you're getting all of these, you know, everything you've learned as a musician, and now you're like you're putting all these audio engineering skills that you have that you're just kind of thrown into and you're getting, I'm assuming you're getting better and better. You're actually learning how all the equipment works. I hope so. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all just continuing to figuring how things work. And then, um, well, I think audio engineers 
Say it again. I th- I think audio engineers in general all feel kind of like uh, the Wizard of Oz, and we kind of hope nobody peeks behind the curtain because we're all afraid that you're gonna f- someone's gonna figure out we're frauds. We're we're figuring out how this stuff works, but you know, when you look back, even like a month, you say to yourself. What an idiot I was. Now I understand this so much better. So exactly. I, I guess that's a gr- that's a good sign. I mean, we're constant, you know, you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing and I think um you know, you're a real lucky guy if your life revolves around constantly learning and growing. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about it that way. I just feel like, oh, I'm behind the curve. I need to learn something else. Oh, I still don't know as much as that other person over there. I still need to learn more. And then just over when I got out of college, I was like, okay, I still feel like I know nothing. And now I have to go into the real world. And like I was trained to be a great fly on the wall in a recording studio. Mm -hmm. But then it wasn't really until um, I got in to like my full-time job as a radio engineer where everything just started to make sense. Like I rewrite, we took those classes on how op amps work, how digital systems work. Like we learned how to like binary encoding. These are how plugins work in a computer. And I've just thrown out in the real world. Here's all this information you kind of know about. So yep. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. But yeah, I do feel like once you get into the, let's say the real world or just once you start getting into it and start working with the gear and the equipment it may seem intimidating at first but just you know going day in and day out just kind of learning the next step learning the next step you know a year a year goes by and like whoa i just learned a lot and i still feel like i don't know anything so here we go just keep going forward right it's true right yeah you just keep learning and and uh, i think you know the the people that thrive in that environment are the people that don't feel like they they need to be experts right at day one yeah you know it's it's okay to well i mean if you're in the music uh industry in any form you have to kind of be okay with constantly being the the student and never the master yeah that's you true. Know? yeah <laughs> i mean i remember going off to college and one of the things my dad told me he said you know hey here's the reality um you're always going to be better than somebody but there's always going to be somebody better than you. So just stay humble and, and remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just continue to grow and learn. And since, you know, we're audio engineers, we enjoy doing it. And exactly. Then, um, Though what we so, don't usually enjoy is the, is, <laughs> is dealing with people. You know, we, we tend, we tend to be the introverts in the music industry, right? We, we like to hide, yeah. hide behind the console and, and all that. So, I think it's it's a shame that the schools don't teach the networking end of it and the business end of it more. Yeah, I really, really wish I knew business because now I'm just kind to learn that on my own and doing all the Googling and just like figuring yeah. it out. And you really have to go outside of yourself and, you know, outside the comfort zone. You have to like raise your hand and be like, hey, I'm here. Look at me, but don't look at me. At yeah, the same time. Exactly. Notice me, but please don't. <laughs> and wow. Okay. So I'm sure a lot of people can connect with that. So after those few years, you're doing all these, it seems like a lot of different little side projects. When, when did this become like your main form of like, this is your business, this is my livelihood? 
I want to say, I, I uh, finally said, you know what, this is really what I'm doing. Um, I, I think I actually started the LLC in 2005. Oh, okay. Wow. So you really looked into how to run a business <laughs> legally. <laughs> well, my, my, my father, my father-in-law, um, my, my girlfriend who is the soprano, we, we eventually married and, uh, my, her father was a lawyer, so he was able to help me do the LLC paperwork and all that. So it really wasn't that big a deal. In fact, nice. if, if I hadn't had that connection, I don't know that I would have done it. I would have been like, ah, I don't need that. But yeah, so I, you know, that was, um, that was, uh, just fortuitous, I think. Um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been 15 years now that it's been like an actual real deal. And, uh, and the, the, um, it was mostly a lot of, you know, post and location. And it wasn't until about two years ago that the commercial studio came about. And that again came about because of somebody I knew he had the place and he's like, look, I build this stuff. I don't know how to use it. Why don't you, why don't you manage the room? Why don't you come in and you manage the studio, book the room and you set the rates, you set the details and we'll figure it all in, out on the back end. And so that was like one of those, are are you really do are you you're just handing me the room to, to I was like, okay let's wow. do this so we start we immediately start working in there yeah i was looking at the photos online it looks like a really nice recording studio yeah it's it's a great sounding room yeah uh it's it's particularly good i i, I happen to love recording drums and it's particularly good for live drums i mean really good wow that that sounds that's very fortuitous you know you so I guess, I don't know if he's your friend, but he yeah. just built a recording studio. Well, he actually moved into a place that had the studio uh, as part of the property. Oh, wow. That works. He, he bought, he bought the place in foreclosure. It had been flooded and, and left there. So he, he rebuilt the whole thing, brought all, all his equipment in and, um, he he's an electrician by trade, so he loves to build all these. He gets all these kits, like uh, if you see in the pictures, all the all the five hundred modules. He mm. builds those himself, and um, which is why we have you know eleven eleven seventy sixes because he builds them. He just loves to do it. But but then he's like, well, I don't, you know, I build them, but I don't really know what to do with them. So so you do it, and so oh. we, uh, and we've been having a lot of fun in there. We've done some. Uh, We've done some personal projects, but then we have a bunch of album projects that are currently on hold because of, you know, the whole world being on hold for COVID-19 right now. Yeah. Wow. So that's a lot of fun. And it so is right now you're staying pretty busy. So at the very beginning, I listed off all of those services. Um, are you doing a little bit of work in each one? Do you see one service uh, having more clients or more revenue for you? Uh, Post production right now is really most of it. We, we I haven't been in the studio in in two months. We oh haven't gosh, we haven't yeah. opened the place up. We just we just don't feel safe yet. Um, there's just no way to be, you know, safely distant when you're all working together in a place like that. So we're we're not quite ready to open that place up yet. Um, location recording is doing okay. The post-production is doing okay. The thing that stopped that, I, uh, I miss was, um, so some of these album projects I was producing as well. And, and that's where I get to stretch my, my writer mind and my writer muscles because, uh, 
like particularly one artist I work with, um, this guy Tom Weber, he uh, he will grab his iPhone, play a song, you know, record himself playing a song, send it to me, and then my job is to take that write out the arrangement, record all the parts, and then be like, okay, Tom, come on by and let's do vocals. Yeah. And I love that, but we just haven't, we're just not, we're just not where we could do that right now. And I, I was just talking to him the other day and I was like, you know, I miss when we were sitting in a room working on music together. And so I, we're hoping that that isn't too far off into the distance. But yeah, it's mostly post these days and, and some location where we can, you know, be in a big enough space where it's safe. Yeah, well, isn't it weird and, to say that? Isn't it weird to be talking like that? Yeah, yeah. I, it's just unimaginable. It's been such a weird past couple months. It's just, I don't know. I feel like where we are living in some kind of weird la la land fantasy, and like we're dreaming, and like okay, it's gonna we're all gonna wake up and it's gonna go, all go back to normal. But I, I, <laughs> it's I, like some weird Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, like how did this happen? Where did, how did we get here? Yeah, so I don't know. And I was also looking on your profile, and you do have some music up on Apple Music, right? I do. I have a little music up there. And I also, believe it or not, have a couple of, uh, I, I have a, um, a voice acting credit in IMDb, along with some some uh, composer credits. Okay, so you composed the music to those um, short I have films. two short films I composed music for, and then one that I, that, uh, I did some voice acting for. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> That's really yeah, fun. That was just fun. That was just, uh, you know, kind of. I think one of my dream jobs would be to be, um, you know, a voiceover, like a character, like on a cartoon show or something. I don't know why I think that would be so fun. You just go into the studio, you read your lines, you have fun, you goof around and then make it sound great. Then you go home. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you listen to, I mean, I don't know if you, we have a, we have a son. And so we watch some of his shows we watch and there's a lot of voice acting in them. And I, listen to him and there's you can hear very varying levels of quality in the voice acting at, at you know depending on how much budget the show had and uh i listened to some of it and i'm like man they're having a great time you can yeah. just tell they're having the best time of their life right now just doing what they're doing that so you know we should all be so fortunate to do something that we love that much yeah well i mean i i enjoy all these different aspects of audio you know I do too. I get bored easy, which is probably why I do all this stuff. I, I get bored very easy, so I, I yeah. like to I like to have my hand in like a bunch of different things. Yeah. So I mean, that's how I started off with my um, I guess my business too. It was I was helping people do mixing and mastering. I would get I would do the off location recording. I record uh, you know singer songwriters, piano or guitar, and then um, uh, then I would mix it. And then I have other friends. And people I know, they send me a song just to master. And so then I'm just focusing on those things. And I have my other friends over here who are doing a bunch of different video projects. And mm-hmm. so now I get to YouTube and learn everything about how to make your audio sound great for films. And do you, you know, know the, Say it again? Do, do you know Tone Benders? Uh, no. What's that? It's a podcast. You should definitely check it out. You will learn a lot very quickly. Yeah, Tone Benders. Tone Benders podcast. It's all about movie audio. Yeah, and there's always so much to learn. And so I'm, yeah. I was always trying to figure out, okay, where do I put all my efforts right now? I was like, I could put them a little bit into everything. Do I just focus on one? And then, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a father. I have two kids, a wife, and I had a full-time job. I live in Southern California. And so I'm trying to figure out 
okay, well, I want to keep my family alive and (laughs) I need to also continue to grow. And so I've been noticing all my uh, clients were coming from podcast production. And I was like, well, podcasting is okay. But then I figured out I had to niche down just to that one little uh, service. So I'm just building out all the systems to make everything just like perfect. So it's super smooth. And I have like PDFs and all these handouts. So as soon as someone contacts me, I have everything ready to go, just like a pace, pace, pace. They read, they learn. And it's like, do you want to do this? And then I have the systems on how to, you know, set up their podcast and make produce it and shoot it back out, publish right. on Apple Podcasts. And I feel like once I have all of that situated, then I'll, I'm going to move on and just do uh, work on the mixing aspect. Or, I don't know, I might do post-production audio. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm just like brainstorming so, my business ideas with you. And like everyone's yeah. like, all right, Nick, just get with the topic. Let's figure out how Steve is actually making yeah. a living doing this. But that, you know, that's where we all are at some point, right? We're like, well, then I could do that. Or, or maybe I'll do that. But, you know, sometimes uh, while you're thinking through that, you have everything kind of uh, happening around you. And you just need to look and go, oh, wait, there's there's something I could, you know, yeah. there's, hey, so-and-so needs help with this. Well, hey, I could do that. Let's Maybe that's where I'm going next. And maybe it's maybe it is mixing or maybe it's mastering or or, you know, or whatever yeah. it might be. Especially right now, if like other situations like this happen where you have to be only virtual. And so you need to learn to pivot and be like, okay, I have a bunch of skills. How am I going to utilize these skills in this point of time in my my life? You know, so I think it is important as an audio engineer, you have like a full understanding of each aspect of audio. And so that's what I'm trying to develop right now as an audio engineer. And I hope everyone listening to, um, you know, whether it's starting off as an audio engineer or continuing that they're, you know, just trying to be better and better each and every day. Yeah. Just find something to work on that stretches you. Um, who was it? Was it one of the great artists? I would think it was Picasso who said, I find myself constantly doing that, which I cannot do in order to get better. And that's what it, you know, right? That's what it is. You throw yourself in a situation where you you just have to do something you're out of your comfort zone, but that's how you grow. Yeah. And I um, had a podcast a few weeks back just called Overcoming Embarrassing Moments. And I literally just went through like some of the most embarrassing moments in my life. And just, you have to take those moments and just continue to learn. So, I mean, you know, I had a terrible onset location recording. I lost everything it was to a wedding and i lost like their most intimate moments and and i was forever scarred from that i was like i never want to do on location recording ever again but you know you just gotta pick up and get back at it and like now i've learned (laughs) so much more from that oh yeah i mean well location stuff is is very difficult because you really have one shot at everything yeah it makes the studio seem like a luxury Yes. Yeah. Because you can exactly. be like, hold on, guys, we got to do that again. Sorry. And, and you just do it again and nobody questions it. But it, you can't finish a performance and go up to the, the conductor or go up to the bride and groom and be like, can we do that again? Yeah. We could take it from the middle. <laughs> you know, no, you can't do that. It's done. It's done. You got what you got. Yeah. No, this is great because um, I've interviewed a couple of people also who've, you know, they, they're just in one niche of audio. So one guy, he's, you know, they only do live sound. Another one just only in the editing. 
audio editing. But then there's other people like you and me, like we have a bunch of different skills. It's like, how do I just pick one? Well, you know, it looks like have them all open, see what you can get, just have the doors open and just whatever one that's working for you at the moment, just continue to pursue that and allow others to come in to continue to build and grow your business. Exactly. Especially if you want it to be, you know, your full-time income, you, you need to be able to, um, sort of shift with the environment. Like think about it now, if you were just a studio recording engineer, Mm -hmm. you're in a really bad shape. You have to quickly learn and shift on finding a a new career or just live sound that I feel so bad for just the live sound engineers, musicians who are just touring. Oh, you got to quickly figure out, okay, well, how do I get into live streaming? How do I get into this post-production work i need to get my music and i need yeah, to help mu- artists to get their music out there online they unfortunately are, are a good year out before they're going to be working again yeah i yeah. have a, a, a good friend of mine is a is actually a um a tech for a a, a, a band. My, my friend rich i can say it my friend rich is the drum and keyboard tech for night ranger mm-hmm. and uh i was just talking with him a couple days ago and he's like yeah i don't know when we're going to be out again you know, so he's sitting, sitting in Nashville, you know, trying to get some location work, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll record drum parts for you or whatever. But you know, his main source of income, uh, which is, you know, teching for, for Night Ranger, uh, it's not going to happen for another year probably. Yeah. Man, this is super intense right now what's going on. And it's just at this time in our lives, it's either you you got to push really hard and figure out what you're going to do next. Or, I mean, you're just going to sink and I don't know. You just got to keep pushing yeah. forward and pivoting to the next thing. And um, I think it's very important to have, as an audio engineer, to have all these skills, continue to learn and to to, con- to continue to grow, you know? Absolutely. And not to make decisions out of fear, because I think right now a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. I, I was at a location recording last Saturday, so a week ago today. And, uh, I was talking with the drummer afterwards and he's like, he's like, when this is all over, I'm getting a real job. <laughs> and the first thing I had offense with was real job. I'm like, this is a real job. <laughs> don't, don't let people, you know, and he's yeah. like, oh no, you know what I mean? I was like, I do know what you mean. Cause I heard it way too many times growing up, but it's a real job. But no, it, but you've got people who are like, I'm going to bail on this. It's not, you know, it's all, it was already a, a pretty insecure way to make a living. And then you have people that are like, okay, this just proves it to me. I'm, I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go work re- retail or, or, you know, wait tables or something else, you know. And I think the sad part about that is we're going to see a, a, a pullback uh, uh, in art, in, in those people that are willing to go out and, and, and be the creators. Yeah. Which is sad because because as, as as a society, I think we need we need the art to express sort of the what we're going through. Yeah, and I hope all artists out there, you know, who are, who are listening, just don't give up. There, there's new ways to get your music out there. We got to transition to. I mean, it looks like I see a lot of people start doing live streaming. If you do have a recording studio. You know, learn how to connect all of your equipment 
to a video software and then push that out to a live stream to all your social media, start making your YouTube videos, live stream everything, yeah. and just continue to you know, make recordings. It might be the some of the best music we might make is right now during this time. Right, right, right. And, you know, that kind of, um, that's relatively cheap to pull off. If you already have a setup where you can play mm-hmm. and you have some sort of video device, it can be an iPhone because you can use, uh, there's a piece of software where you can use, turn your iPhone into a, a, a live stream camera. I mm-hmm. forgot the name of it. But, uh, the software for streaming, OBS, you can download that for free. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, it, it's, you know, open source software, so the interface leaves a little to be desired, but <laughs> you can get through it and get it hooked up to YouTube. Uh, I'm doing a stream um, for one of my clients every week, and we're using OBS with, uh, you know, live mix going into that with pre-record feeds and stuff, and I, I'm impressed at how well it, it handles it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as audio engineers also, I, I think it's important to learn some, you know, your video streaming, your live streaming, like especially yeah. nowadays, like you have to continue, we have to continue to grow and expand our skills as well. Oh, definitely. And and anyone who's doing location work, a large chunk of location um, work, the bread and butter stuff are, is like college audition recordings. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, you have to do video as well. Most of the colleges want video to go with the audio now. Yeah. So it's just smart to branch out. And video and audio go together so, you know, so often that it's, yeah. you know, um, it's it, just a smart thing to do. Yeah. It's so funny. Even all the editing terms, they're different, but they're the same. Like the yeah. lows and the highs, but they're, it's like one is visual and the other one's like, um, auditory yeah and then i don't know if i said that right (laughs) no that's it right yeah and it's just it goes hand in hand so i'm hoping to get more into that as well for sure yeah it's it's definitely um they definitely go hand in hand and there's definitely a lot of overlap um my son um is really into making movies right now yeah and he uh you know he's he just takes his iphone he goes and uh he shoots stuff. We got him a green screen so he could shoot against the green screen nice. and replace it. And he, he, I'm just amazed at how quickly, you know, without any training, he, he's got Final Cut, got him Final Cut on his computer, and he's he goes in and he edits and does the, the chroma keying to get the green screen replaced with backgrounds. Yeah. And and uh, I am trying to work with him on the audio end of things. It's there. It's a little rough, but <laughs> I'm like, dude, we, we downstairs, we've got a complete production setup we can we can do some adr we can get sound he's like "Eh, i just want to do the next movie so (laughs) but you know he's 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 still quite young so he's just it's the instant satisfaction thing how fun no that's awesome wow well i hope that everyone listening just really takes all these key you know these these moments and these uh everything i don't know i just feel like you have we've talked about a lot of really important aspects that people need to think about and to, um, you have some great key insight. That's what I was looking for. Well, Um, I've just done it a long time and I I think I've learned, you know, unfortunately sometimes the hard way I've learned by making mistakes, but it's, it's perseverance, right? Mm -hmm. I I think if you ask anyone who's gotten to a point where they're self-sufficient doing any aspect of music, it's because they were 
I mean, you might say they were just too stupid to give up, but <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. It's perseverance is, is, uh, staying focused. Um, I, I went to school, interestingly enough, um, with the founder of CD baby. Okay. Derek I just Cybers. read his book. Did you read Derek's book? Yeah. And this Derek, is kind of what launched me into starting a business. Well, listening to the Six Figure Home Studio podcast, and that was like one of the first books I read. And now I'm starting to read more and more business books. But yeah, continue. So, so you're you're um, you're familiar with his uh, his philosophy on how to choose what you do. Um, it's the just kinda, he call he he calls it. It's either hell yeah or no. Yeah, there's no in between. If you, if you if somebody offers you an op- opportunity and you don't say hell yeah. The answer is no. And that's how you stay focused and move towards your own goal. Uh, and I mostly agree with Derek on that, uh-huh. but some sometimes you have to be like, okay, because I don't, don't have anything else right now. <laughs> but the, you know, I, I, the, the philosophy behind it is right. It's that we have to be careful not to choose things that pull our energy away from our goals. Yeah. And if you want to be an engineer, your goal is engineering. So do things that are engineering, even if it's only loosely related until it all pulls together and becomes, you know, uh, something more substantial for you. Yeah. And right now in my life, I'm starting or trying to build up this business. And when I put myself out there, I have all of these people selling to me and saying, you need this new tool. You need to, you need this click funnel. You need to start building your funnel. You need videos. You need to start generating a lead email list. You need a hundred days of email automation and you need to hustle and push, push, push. And anything less than that, you're going to fail. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, yeah. <laughs> is this no, how I, it's supposed to happen to build a business? I, I, uh... I don't necessarily buy into all of that. I, I mean, I, I think there's there's some wisdom to keeping people engaged, but I think if you do what you do well, you're going to get noticed. You mm-hmm. just have to, you know, it, it's more so than the market, the email marketing and the and the click funnels because, oh, you know, I don't know about you, but when that starts happening to me on a website, mm-hmm. I, I'm bye bye. Yeah, I think they're glorified pop uh, pop ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get annoyed I, I, from them, but I get annoyed. I move away. I I don't know anyone that sits through them all. I you know all my all my friends and colleagues. They're like, yeah, I don't put up with that. I think it's all about concentric circles, right? Yeah, you start with a really super local, and those people know people that you don't know, and they're going to refer you and get more and more. It's just it's hard work, is what it is. And I think we as a society have forgotten that hard work is okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we 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 want the overnight success, but I haven't met anyone who's experienced overnight success that hasn't already put in the twenty years of work into that overnight success. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just that. So. Yeah, all these gurus. I I hope I'm not offending anyone when I say this. It's just it's all like it seems like get rich quick schemes. Like yeah, it's super intense and it's like i need to i'm trying to take a step back i'm going to focus on what i'm doing right here right now i'm just going to focus on all my clients make their product the best and it's just they've been exactly people ask them do you know someone who does podcasting and then they send them to me you know exactly and so i'm just trying to do the best i can with everyone but now i mean i still have so many business questions i'm like well how do i successfully like how do i set prices how do i even do this next step and so it's like a balance. Selling prices right is hard, isn't it? 
I, that is hard. Um, it's just market research, though. You just who else is doing it? What are they getting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's usually the simple answer, and but the hard part is getting that data. You usually have to call around and, and shop it, and like, hey, how much do you charge for? You know. But the thing is, if you if you treat your clients well, they're going to call you back for more work, and they're going to tell other people when when they have the opportunity to to promote you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't treat them well, they're going to say, yeah, but don't use, you yeah. know, like, don't call Steve because uh, it was just a horrible, horrible experience. <laughs> and and that's not what you want. You want to treat your, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that some of my long-term like rec- recording clients, I consider them friends. Yeah. We'll just chat every once in a while. Just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Did you have a great holiday? You know, that kind of stuff. Because I've been recording for them for so long that we just, you know, we genuinely care about each other at this point we're, we're we've seen each other so often so it's nice when you can do that i, I like i like being that mm-hmm. in that position where like my clients are, are also some of my friends yeah well steve i want to thank you so much for coming out to the podcast and just talking with us and giving us some great insight and if Absolutely. you want to tell the listeners more about uh, where they can get your services or learn more about you then please go ahead and share right now Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, having me on, Nick. I, I really enjoyed it and enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, you can find out more about me on my website at stevedemott.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-D-E-M-O-T-T.com. And, uh, feel, and anyone out there, feel free to reach out. Uh, I love talking shop. So if you have questions, um, I, I love hearing from other engineers and love answering questions when I have answers or sometimes I just might give you more questions. So, but feel free. Yes. Thank you so much, Steve, for being a great resource for us all. Um, And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, Just take care and I hope you have a great week. Alrighty. Bye. All right. Peace out.